Hey there, everyone. So, do you ever get tired of the same old ways of seeing things? Do you ever get the urge to cut through the world of everyday surface appearances and look for the light that's rare in the depths? Well, then maybe, just maybe, the wisdom of podcast is for you. Because in this podcast, we explore great works of philosophy and literature and art and try to pull out of them what's most invigorating and interesting and inspiring. Whether they come from the works of Plato, or Dostoevsky, or Picasso, here we explore ideas that move mountains and rock the soul. So, come join us, won't you? Come worship at the altar of ideas, and come celebrate the dancing of thought. And don't be afraid of the leaping sparks as you can be certain of one thing, they will kindle the light inside of you. Welcome to the wisdom of... Coming up today, Carl Jung on Becoming All That You Are. Despite what you may have guessed by every word you've ever heard me utter, I'm not in fact a thousand years old. In fact, if you've ever had the chance to see me out in the real world doing some, some raving to the newest electronic dance music hits, you'd say, wow, that guy is really passing for a vital human. I even helped the Chinese government collect data by doing all those great viral challenges on TikTok. But I do also help the American corporate ruling class collect data on me by using Facebook. Because, dear listeners, you can only fight against the dying of the light for so long. And father time is undefeated. And boy, oh boy, it does come at you fast. My two new favorite hobbies are listening to old-timey radio shows and napping. The best is actually combining the two. I'll put on one of my favorites, uh, The Shadow. The Shadow Knows That Evil Lurks Within the Hearts of Man. A show that really exposes all the kind of true archetypes and the mask that I wear, that I wear to fit in with society. As I'm listening to these radio shows and lying in bed, it slips away into a kind of a blissful mid-afternoon reverie. And images flood my mind that somehow, some way, have been dreamt about, not only by my contemporaries, weirdos like you all, and I guess David Lynch, but also people of a long, long distant past. People I would have thought I'd have nothing in common with, like they haven't even streamed The Sopranos. Instead, they're busy trying to collect enough cocoa beans to buy a fancy new pig. Yet, we both wake up screaming from anxious dreams centered around the overwhelming recurrence of creepy, colorful circles. Sorry, I think I uh, disassociated there. What are we doing today, Carl Jung? Nice. That intro was actually well thought out. Must be the, the rest you've been getting with all those naps. But yeah, anyway, dreams, the shadow, the unconscious, 
All fascinating stuff, right? Yep, this must be an episode on the great Carl Jung. So, let's get to it. So first, and as usual, a brief summary. Well, Carl Jung, born 1875, was a Swiss psychoanalyst. Early in his career, he worked with the great Sigmund Freud, the founder of psychoanalysis. Jung developed concepts like, among others, the extroverted and introverted personality, the archetypes, and the collective unconscious. His work has been influential not just in psychology, but in the study of religion and philosophy and literature. One day, I don't know, it would be really nice for me to show up for one of these things where we're analyzing one of the so-called great thinkers that we do on this podcast here. And then if we had one where he or she took a look at modern humanity and really could only shake his or her bespeckled nerdy head and dejectedly offer a simple nothing for me to say here, you guys, geez, you're, you're doing, you're doing all so great. Stay the course dudes and dudettes. Modernity sure seems to be working out. God, you even have decent sushi in Boise, Idaho. But I have a deep, deep, dark feeling that today is, in fact, not that day. That both you and Carl are going to tell me that decent Idaho sushi does little for, I don't know, for fulfilling that crippling spiritual malaise that haunts both my unconscious and conscious mind. Yeah, uh, you're, you're right. For Jung, no amount of sushi can help us to overcome that uh, crippling spiritual emptiness that characterizes modernity. It's going to take a little more than that to give us the meaning that we all seem to be lacking. Okay, but let's begin at the beginning. So, the first thing I want to say is that Jung is one of the deepest thinkers ever. And so, you could spend a whole lifetime studying his ideas. So, In this episode, I just want to try to focus on how it is that Jung conceives of God and what he calls the self, and how it is he thinks that these relate to meaning and to self-actualization in our lives. Actually, who am I kidding? You could spend a lifetime on this stuff too. But uh, never mind that. 20 minutes will have to do. Okay, so what's a good starting point? Well, okay, how about this? So, Jung believes that there's a crisis of meaning in us moderns. Now, why is this? Well, basically it's because he thinks that our irrational side has been overemphasized so as to exclude our irrational side. That's to say, it's because we live almost entirely in the domain of the scientific and the rational that we've lost the meaning of life. I should get a bit more specific here. So, when he talks about the rational and the irrational, what he's referring to is is really the the conscious and the unconscious aspects of us. And for, for Jung, the conscious side, our rational one, is only a very small part of the total individual. What constitutes most of us is our unconscious side, our irrational one. And here's the crucial thing. It's this unconscious side that actually provides us with meaning in life, something it does in the form of spirituality and religion. 
So, it's no surprise then why it is we're struggling with meaning today. It's because we're too preoccupied with our conscious side, and so we exclude the spiritual and the religious from our life. The possibility that we experience the the numinous, or even God, is eliminated. It's no wonder then why we moderns are in search of soul. Okay, but I think we need to get a bit more detailed here. So, first of all, when Jung talks about religion, or God, what does he mean exactly? Well, for starters, we should be cautious in seeing Jung as an ally of traditional or orthodox religion. And what I mean by this is that I don't think that Jung thinks of God as some sort of transcendental being out there, but rather he thinks of him as a, as a kind of psychic fact. God is more like a power that emanates from deep within our unconscious, what Jung called the collective unconscious, in fact. And um, I'll get to this idea of the collective unconscious in a second. But you know what's interesting? One of the ways that Jung came to be convinced of this important religious need that we all have, this need for God, let's say, is through his clinical practice. What he noticed was that those clients of his who had completely given up on God and felt that things were meaningless or, or empty actually reported having dreams whose, whose symbolic expression pointed to the divine. In other words, their unconscious was trying to assert what their everyday conscious side had eliminated or, or discounted. Actually, before I continue, I should mention that compared to his mentor, Freud, Jung was much more serious about the importance of religion and spirituality. I mean, Freud was a, was a staunch atheist who believed that religion was basically a kind of neurosis and that God was was just a kind of infantile desire for a father figure. Actually, you know, we did a whole episode on Freud a while back, so check that out if you're interested. Anyway, Jung doesn't agree with this at all. Rather, he sees in our, in our yearning for the religious something deeply important. Actually, as we'll see, he sees in it the expression of the deepest urge within us to fulfill ourselves. Okay, but now let's get to this idea of the, um, the collective unconscious, because it's super important when it comes to this topic of meaning and spirituality and religion in Jung. It's where our religious instinct comes from, in fact. But actually, before I get to this, I think I should first quickly say something about what Jung called the personal unconscious, because it might help us to, to really see some important differences. So, Jung's concept of the personal unconscious is actually pretty similar to Freud's notion of the unconscious. This is where the, the repressed part of us goes and resides. You know, it's where painful ideas and, and lost memories and, in general, aspects of us not ready for consciousness are contained. But the key here is that this is all, in one way or another, personal content. But according to Jung, underneath this personal unconsciousness lies an ever-deeper layer of psyche called the collective unconscious. Now, here's the thing. 
none of the content in there derives from personal experience. It's nothing that we've personally acquired. Rather, it's all inborn, something we're endowed with. And it contains content that's more or less the same everywhere and in all individuals. It's universal. It's a stratum of the unconscious that's shared by everyone, by all members of different civilizations and cultures, by all human beings. We're not born blank slates, to say the least. Okay, now we're getting to a really important part. So out of this collective unconscious arise certain symbols, or what Jung calls archetypes. These are symbols found in all times that we don't consciously learn, but they're passed on to us, or maybe better yet, we inherit them through our psyche. Okay, but let's get a bit more precise. So what are these archetypes exactly, and why are they so important? Well, Jung seems to conceive of archetypes as something like archaic forms of innate human knowledge, or or mental patterns or images which are shared with other members of the human species. You might say they're sort of like the distillate of the millenniums of human experience. And um, here's the thing. The God archetype is one of these. Now, Jung doesn't seem to be entirely clear. But from what I can understand, the God archetype is something like, like, a, like a predisposition we have towards the infinite, or better yet, towards wholeness. In other words, we all have this innate tendency to reach beyond mere conscious awareness to, to that which is bigger and more powerful and more complete. So, rising up from the depths of our psychic nature from our collective unconscious, is just this tendency. That's the God image. Okay, but there's another extremely important archetype that's associated with all of this. And that's the archetype of the self. For Jung, the self contains and represents the entire psyche. It represents unity. It represents the unity between the conscious and the unconscious. The self is the retrieval and the formation of that larger circle that envelops the small dot that is our ego. In this way, the self is the product of what Jung calls individuation, which is basically something like the project of the integration of the various aspects of our psyche. And, um, by the way, Jung thought that individuation is something that we usually try to undergo later in the second half of our life. Anyway, we should see now why it is that we ignore the collective unconscious at our own peril, and why it's so important to be open to the deepest part of our psyche. It's because, well, we return to the self when we heed the call of the God archetype or impulse. The religious drive, it heals because it unites us to ourselves. It reconciles ourselves to ourself. It's the start of the completion of all aspects of what it means to be truly human. It's the impetus to self-realization. It calls out to us not so much to become what you are, 
but to become all that you are. You know, St. Augustine said, God is more intimate to me than I am to myself. Now, Jung would agree, but with the qualification that God is not out there somewhere, but rather He's in us, locked in our dreams and housed in our archaic soul. And um, He's waiting for us to open up and to pay attention to that immeasurable increase of wisdom that He has to offer so that we eventually discover that who we are is only a very small part of who we could be. Listening to the Wisdom of Podcast. If you want to know more about this topic or the podcast in general, visit wisdomofpod.com. And as usual, we love to read your questions and comments. Reach us at info at wisdomofpod.com or on Twitter at wisdom underscore pod. Our next episode Dirty Hands. Dirty Hands.